0: Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. Today we discuss Matthew Kachuk taking aim at the Flames Critics if Calgary made any progress as a team this season, and more. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All righty. We have some lovely quotes from our pal Matthew Kachuk.
1: Indeed, we do. He's taking yeah. aims at the Flames critics, which I think is everyone. So Yeah. I think he's taking aim at everyone. I don't know who hasn't been critical of Goudreau and Monaghan specifically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I feel like good for Matthew. Like he's he's taking the whole crowd on at this point. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, good for him. I think that's a huge, you know, sign of leadership and things like that.
1: So I'll read you the quote and we can uh, we can go from there. He says the thing that really frustrates me right now, especially with being out and watching the games and having nothing to do. So being on my phone and being in the bubble where everything is about hockey. I just couldn't believe some of the criticism that some guys on my team are getting for this and getting uh, the blame for this especially the criticism towards Johnny and Monty. It makes me sick. It really upsets me and pisses me off. Everyone was upset about them for their offensive production. Well, they produced more offense than me, so put the blame on me. I didn't do nearly enough to help get this team over the top when I was still in the lineup, and that's what hurts me the most. Uh, and then he goes on to say how much it upsets them about the criticism of those guys and how they're you know good players and good teammates, and they have a good, strong connection as a team all together and all that. Uh... What do you think, Jess? Do you think, do you think he's, he's partly right in that their criticism might be too harsh or do you think he's incorrect just because of the evidence that is like so, so detailed that we've gone through a thousand times about their playoff performances being disappointing?
0: You know, I think that he's half right. Um, Specifically people who are trying to run Johnny Goudreau out of town. I think that, you know, not even 24 hours after the Flames were eliminated, people were saying, oh, he's got to go. It's, it's time, time to pack his bags and things like that. But it's like, you know, we are, we, are, we were less than 24 hours removed from the playoff elimination. Um, but at the same time, like, they didn't play well.
1: Right and yeah, I think I'm I'm on the fence with this one. Like, part of me wants to grill Matthew Kachuk for like defending his teammates when they were so clearly not great. When specifically mm-hmm. referencing Kudrow and Monahan, I mean, sure they did put up points, but they we as we've detailed a thousand times, it was all on the power play. They didn't do anything five on five, uh, especially in the series against Dallas. And you know, if I were to just simply ask you who was the Flames' best line, I would almost guarantee you'd say the Flames' third line, right? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's, that would be kind of the end of my case would just be, well, the, the Flames' best line wasn't their best line. And, you know, maybe that might not be the exclusive reason why they're out of the playoffs, but I would say it's at least a, a good chunk of the reasoning as to why they're out of the playoffs. So, like I said, part of me just wants to kind of be like, it's the NHL, like, you're going to be under criticism, especially in a Canadian market or a market that mm-hmm. really cares about hockey. Um, this, this kind of stuff, like, I don't know if Taylor Hall is getting run out of Arizona right now. Um, even though he is a free agent. So, you know, Taylor Hall might be running himself out of Arizona right now. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the point. So part of me feels that way. And then, you know, the other part of me thinks, you know, this is a, a really great thing for Kachuk to say, just as a teammate, and especially as the guy who is kind of like the, the heartbeat of the team. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to see something like this. It's I guess it's better to see this than to see Kachuk. You know, we saw how visually frustrated he was in the press box it's nice to see this as opposed to him coming out and just, you know, destroying his teammates and saying, you know, they let me down. Like I was, I was in the press box and I want to play in round two, but you guys failed. And so I guess, I guess we're getting, yeah. you know, part of, like I said, I'm just on the fence with this thing.
0: I don't Definitely. Know. And I think it's nice of him to stand with his teammates rather than crap all over them. But you know, like you said, you're going to be under a microscope in really any market, but especially one that actually genuinely cares about hockey. So
1: that's right, and you know, it, it's it's every, everything Kachuk says and does. I think comes from the right place, and he definitely, you know, he's he's got more experience than anyone else, just given who his dad is, uh, being Keith Kachuk, and his whole family who kind of is just like you know, this is amazingly athletically talented family who's been under the spotlight for decades now. So like everything Kachuk says is, he's probably like put this past his dad and said, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Right? So right. Uh, it's not like this is him just losing his mind. Although, you know, it is, it, it technically is, but um, it's, it's, it's well been, thought out. Exactly. It's well thought out. It's been vetted. Um, this isn't just like rash, backlash at the media Uh, although I'm sure many hockey players would love to do that you know on a daily basis so um, you know good for him I like I said though I still think the criticism you know we've criticized Goudreau and Monaghan in that first line plenty on this podcast I I don't think we have been guilty of running Goudreau out of town no although you know but we've we've definitely commented on the fact that there's a large portion of the fan base that feels that way um, but you know, we ourselves, I don't think have been guilty of that. So, um, you know, I think you're right. You know, the, the criticism is fair, just given their on ice performance and what they've done. Um, but I don't know if it's fair, like you say to, you know, run a player out of town, but you know, there's, there's a difference between running a guy out of town and saying that your opinion is that you believe for the flames to get better, good needs to be, you know, traded, you know, I, I think that's a key difference uh, mm-hmm. that I mean, absolutely. To point out.
0: And, um, you know, speaking of, like, wanting to unleash on the media, I saw this yesterday, but did uh, you see that the NHL fined Tortorella $25,000 for his media availability in Game 5?
1: Yes. Yeah, I did see that. What's your thoughts on it before I get my thoughts on it?
0: I feel like he's been doing it forever. So it's just kind of like, are you setting a very late, example are they getting tired of it like what is going on there
1: yeah i i wasn't a fan of him being fine 25 grand i thought it should yeah. have been more like 200 grand um, yeah like i it's a joke like it's this is part of your job as a head coach of a hockey team or really any sports team is mm-hmm. to you know address the media after the game most of the time it's max like 5 6 minutes um so it's not like it's a it's you know taking time out of his schedule you know it is but it's not like he's doing an hour every after every game and for him to do it I think he did it at least twice this postseason alone yeah. uh, where he just literally ended the press conference after 30 seconds like it's a joke and there's people in the media um, who sure like someone could chuck someone like could chuck and you know kind of go back and forth with and, and disagree with their opinions but like these are people who are doing their jobs and like it'd be like the literally the equivalent of a chess would be me joining the podcast with you. And then after 30 seconds being like, yeah, I'm good. And I'm just going to leave. And then <laughs> I leave you hanging for the the remainder of the, you know, half hour or whatever that we do a day. So uh, it's just like, it's total disrespect towards the media and, you know, the professional hockey writers association and the NHL, they've had a relationship for a long time. And, you know, these fines are in place for a reason. And like, there's all these rules that have been built up for a reason. And it's so it ultimately like it, it's to help the hockey fans and, you know, all the Blue Jacket yeah. fans can kind of get all the content they'd like and kind of hear from their coach about what's going on with the team. And instead, you know, they get nothing. So, um,
0: yeah. And I feel like that's more of like a basketball thing too. And, um, you know, like we've seen LeBron James just get up and leave press conferences. And then, oh my gosh, who was it for Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks? Um, I think it was Marshawn Lynch when he was like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. That's the kind of energy I get from tortorella and i mean like you're in the media so you get it but like you have a job you can't just go back to your boss and say hey i asked one question here's five words um now you have to run this in the paper
1: yeah i I mean the the frustrating thing too for you know people in columbus is that they have to deal with it a lot. It'd be something if this was a one-off and yeah. you know, if Jeff Ward did it once in his career and that was that, you know, okay, fine. Like maybe we'll give you a break given the level of frustration that you may be feeling. But I mean, Jeff Ward's team got scored on seven unanswered goals and blew a three nothing lead in game six of a playoff series that they were 12 seconds away from going up three, one on, and he still sat there and took all the questions. Um, for for an entire press conference and like Ward's been the whole Flames organization's pretty great with how they handle the media so um, it's not really surprising but I guess the frustrating part for people in Columbus or people in any market where Tortorella's been around for a couple of years is that you know this happens on on multiple occasions um, I was I was pretty surprised the NHL didn't do anything in terms of discipline kind of after the specific incidents mm-hmm. um, so I guess the fact they even tried to do something once this team was eliminated I mean it's it's an effort but um, I just would have liked to see more, and I'm sure the you know the league is you know pretty publicly not happy with the way that that kind of stuff is handled. So I'm sure Tortorella's not only been fine, but like kind of talking to and and saying, you know, maybe hey, you're being a, a bit of an embarrassment or a distraction. Uh, if you do this again next season, you know, it's going to be even worse for you, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, but
0: yeah. I mean, Hopefully, I just it doesn't. I, I don't know i just i think it's time for him to wrap it up as a head coach but that's Ooh, just that's a funny.
1: hot take can we do a whole episode on this about yes. jess's hatred towards tortorella the thing that, <laughs> it's
0: not even a hatred it's just like he makes me so frustrated
1: the thing about tortorella that's you know kind of i guess interesting and funny is he is such a, a smart and like well thought out mm-hmm. person And like he worked at TSN. I wasn't working at TSN when he was there, but like I was still in high school, I think when he was at TSN, but there was a season where he wasn't a head coach. And so he joined TSN and like did some analyst work and he was like amazing at it. Like he's a, he's a, he's a funny guy. And sure. When he was at TSN, he still had some of the, like, I'm not going to talk about this crap kind of stuff like attitude. Uh, But he's an amazing analyst when he was on the ball. and like, He's such a smart hockey person and if you catch him in the right moment and with the right question he's going to give you an amazing answer um but i guess you know he he just does have that little bit of a maybe it's a hot head or or you just kind of lose patience sort of thing which is tough but everyone kind of has their
0: oh absolutely
1: drawbacks (laughs)
0: <laughs> but still to come, the Flames off season planning revolves around one question that Brad Tree Living must ask himself. What is this question? We'll tell you next, but first, Sean, do you want to tell us a little bit about DoorDash again?
1: DoorDash. DoorDash is amazing because, Jess, guess what? Second day in a row, I am off work. So guess what? Mm. Second day in a row, I am ordering DoorDash. DoorDash is the amazing food delivery app that is so perfectly easy to order from, uh, right from the comfort of your own home and right from the comfort of your own phone. And DoorDash has uh, an amazing selection of food and, you know, kind of food genres to choose from. Whether you're craving the Chinese or maybe you want some pizza Today, it's Wednesday, I'm kind of feeling like chicken wings or or something chicken related, maybe some some fried chicken, which I only treat myself once. Mm -hmm every six months too, because otherwise it's a bad situation for my stomach with fried chicken. Um, So like I said, with DoorDash, the ordering is nice and easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off settings, so it is nice and safe. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can continue Uh, to support your local go-to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle Wendy's or the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, This is another great thing that DoorDash provides right now during uh, the crazy COVID times is that, you know, you can help support your local restaurants without having to, you know, go out in public and visit your local restaurants. So um, it's a great way to support all those uh, community businesses right around your neighborhood. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That is all one word. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that is code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.
0: Locked on flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery.
1: So Jess, I was reading, um, like I often do the local papers here in Calgary, trying to, you know, kind of formulate some ideas for the show and and all this sort of things. Um, and Wes, Wes Gilbertson who writes for the Calgary sun and covers the flames for a long time for the sun. Um, he kind of had a great column today, you know, if you ask yourself, what's the first question the Flames need to ask themselves this offseason? You know, your your answer might be, well, what do they do with Johnny Goudreau? Or like, should they still hire uh, Jeff Ward? Uh, but Wes, I thought, really explained the perfect first question that the Flames should be as- asking themselves. And I think it's a question you and I should try to answer um, as this would kind of, you know, be the first domino to fall in all their kind of off-season shakeup that we are expecting. So, you know, the real question is: Did the Flames, as a team, make progress this year? And if the answer is yes, like yes, you think they made progress, um, then I think there's a case to be made that most of the core pieces would be sticking around for another year, and you try and give it a shot with the same group because you think they made progress. But if the answer is no and, you know, no progress was made, then, you know, it was kind of like just a waste of time and all this massive change that we've been talking about is likely going to happen. And then that's kind of where a name like Johnny Gaudreau would probably be put on the trade block or something like that. So um, this is probably something, you know, as Wes makes the case for, that Brad Tree Living is asking himself right now and the whole Flames organization is asking themselves, what do you think the answer is? Do you think the Flames as a team made progress this year?
0: I would say... Yes, because, you know, I think that they're a tighter unit, like there's that chemistry in the locker room that maybe wasn't there uh, last season. But then at the same time, I want to say no, because you look at the giant dip in points that you have from Johnny Gaudreau, and it's just kind of like, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the answer for me is no. As a team, they did not make progress this year. I think there's a case, like you said, where, yes, you can you can say they make progress as like, you know, maybe on an individual basis where, you know, someone like Rasmus Anderson, this was a big year of progress for him, especially in the playoffs. Um, it's kind of those sort of things. Uh, maybe on an individual level, the answer might be yes in some cases. But I would say overall, as a team, the answer is no. And, you know, you mentioned the individual point numbers of someone like Goudreau really dipping. look overall at the team and like they Mm -hmm. went from being one of the best teams in the west to winning the west to you know what they are what they were this year which is you know a a team that didn't make one of those top four spots and they had to play in the qualifying round so Mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously a different scenario than most seasons would be but still like it's you know they were i guess a bottom tier playoff team in the west uh, which is a downgrade for them you know rather significantly to what they had the previous season so Um, For me, the the answer is they did not make progress this year. And then, you know, in in Wes's article, he kind of talks about uh, some of the quotes that someone like Jeff Ward has where, you know, Jeff Ward says, you know, yes, we've made progress for this, this and this. And, you know, Wes kind of writes that, of course, he's going to answer that that way because he wants to keep his job. And then (laughs) there's someone like Lucic who says, who kind of uses his experience from Boston, where I think he mentioned 2010 specifically, when Boston blew a three nothing lead in Game Seven, and then obviously in 2011 they won the Cup, and you know Lucic goes on to the whole like you know you need to kind of build up your scars and, and kind of go through the hardships before you can start the winning, and. When I read those kind of quotes, I'm just like, guys, we just had this in Colorado, right? Like, right. That was the hardship. Losing against Colorado was the hardship, and you know, being a team that's been out of the first round in three of the last four years, and that one odd year we were out of the playoffs entirely. Like that kind of four year run. That's the hardship. Um, how much hardship do you have to go through before you can win the cup? Now, if you ask the capitals, that question, it's, (laughs) it's a, it's a pretty long list of hardships, but you know, the kind of difference there is Alex Ovechkin was always, you know, a key contributor to his team. And there was, you know, there might've been some like, can Ovechkin get it done in the playoff conversations, but there was, you know, never like the Ovechkin disappears, uh, three consecutive playoffs in a row kind of conversation that the flames have been having with their superstars. So, uh, Overall, the answer is no to me, which I guess would lead to sparking some significant change.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that there is change needed. Like there is a need for change. And, you know, whatever that change is, I think outside of goaltending, because we know that that is just highlighted and at the top of uh, Tree Living's to-do list, like where do you start do you start with somebody like sean monahan and kind of shop him around a little bit and see what can get done
1: yeah it's like i wonder if if tree living has this master plan like where he he wants to make this move because that will then help him make this move which will kind of trickle into making this other move right or is it just going to kind of be handling things on a case-by-case case basis where it's like, okay, we have Johnny Goudreau. Let's get rid of Johnny Goudreau and, and see what we can get for this one player. Like, I think if you look at yesterday's Maple Leafs trade with Kasperi Kapanen, mm-hmm. it was Kyle Dubas moving, you know, a pretty good offensive player who was, you know, a third liner for the Leafs for kind of most of his time there. Uh, but that move, you know, brought in a first-round pick, <clears throat> which is good trade. a good trade asset. You can, you know, do a lot with a first-round pick. And then it freed up cap space, which all the Maple Leaf fans then turned into signing Alex Petrangelo with, right? So oh I know, was... it's I know it's so Maple Leafs, but um, the cap and in trade itself, like it's so obvious that it's it's one move as part of a grander scheme and a grander mm-hmm. plan, right? So I wonder if Tree Living is is either formulating that plan right now or already kind of has it. Um, it'll be interesting, like that that first move that whatever it is, I think that'll kind of dictate what the flames uh, you know, future is going to be and and whether or not there's this master plan that apparently Kyle Dubas has with the Maple Leafs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yesterday I was talking with some leaf fans and they were like, we're going to sign Holtby and Petrangelo. And I was like, people make fun of Toronto's cap space for a reason. And this delusion is just adding to like my comedic relief. But um, do you think that the first move that uh, Tree Living makes is going to be a blockbuster, sort of like, wow, I can't believe this, or just kind of like a, nah, it is what it is kind of move? I feel,
1: I feel like it's going to be an is what it is kind of move. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's going to be like re-signing TJ Brody or like bringing someone back yeah. where um, – you know, it's. I don't know if we're gonna start off right away with if he was to trade a Gaudreau or a Monahan. I don't know if that's where we start. Um, you know, uh, obviously the NHL draft is kind of a, a key date in, to circle in, in terms of you know the trade markets being really active. So, you know, I wonder if it's if it's the Flames waiting until the draft to kind of really get busy on all this kind of stuff. Um, and obviously the draft's gonna be completely different this year than other years. So who knows if that's even gonna remain true that the draft is a big trade kind of date. Um, but like I said, I, I don't know, like the, the Maple Leafs, the, like using them as an, as, a, as, a, as a, an example, again, trading Kapanen is kind of the equivalent to trading like Andrew Mangiapane or something like that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, trading Mangiapane here in Calgary specifically, that would be a shock. I'd be surprised if Mangiapane was moved. Um, but it's not the Maple Leafs, you know, moving Frederick Anderson or getting rid of a Marner or Nealander necessarily. Right. So, um, Kind of going off that example again, I, I would I would venture to say it's kind of going to be a a middle of the road kind of move. Whether it's re-signing someone like I mentioned, like TJ Brody, or or maybe moving, um, you know, a third or, or fourth liner. Um, I don't know if we're going to start off right away with the big splash.
0: Well, whatever it is, I hope that it's fun and something that we can make content out of. There We
1: go, here we go. <laughs> Speaking of content, Jess. We are going to debut a new segment. I'm not sure if this will stick around, but we'll see. It's the off season now, so we have to get a little bit creative. Um, next segment, we're going to do Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, we love our alliteration in sports media, so <laughs> it is Wednesday, so we are going to play Would You Rather. We're going to do a bunch of maybe Flames Would You Rather questions, and then also a few uh, fun NHL-related uh, Would You Rather questions, but first, we have to have a awkward conversation about erectile dysfunction. There is no good way to transition into that. Uh, But with our friends at Roman, talking about erectile dysfunction uh, is a little bit easier and a little bit more comfortable. Usually uh, men just kind of brush off this sort of thing saying, um, you know, we lost our mojo, or we avoid the whole topic altogether, and, and just say we had a long day at work. Sorry, honey, not feeling it, kind of thing. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It is simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will then ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process, nice and straightforward, nice and simple, and nice and discreet. And getting started is super simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete your online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional to take care of it. Get, go to getroman.com slash locked on NHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of an ED treatment. That is getroman.com slash locked on NHL. getroman.com slash locked on NHL.
0: Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. Would you rather Wednesday makes its debut today. And Sean, you came up with a majority of these questions. So I appreciate that. Yeah, And they no worries. are very good questions.
1: Okay, so, well, I'll start it off then. Yeah. We can, we can both weigh in on these, but um, I'll have you answer here, at least the first one. Would you rather have the Flames' core stay intact, and you know they'd make the playoffs next year, but there's always, of course, that possibility of another first-round exit, or would you rather blow up the core, knowing that the playoffs wouldn't necessarily be as much of a guarantee next season?
0: Hmm. I mean, I've talked about there needing to be a change, so I'm going to say blow up the core. It's Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on this one. I, as much as I talk about needing to make change and how no progress has been made, I'm, I just I would rather be in the playoffs and just kind of roll yeah. the dice there. Uh, maybe you draw a weaker team, kind of thing, um, than miss the playoffs. I don't know if I'd be ready to to handle that full blown rebuild uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs. That doesn't sound very fun. So, in this would you rather Wednesday, I'm going to go with keeping the core intact and and hopefully. Um, increasing those odds of a playoff berth just to begin with.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty fair. But um, now neither of these scenarios are likely to come true given the trade market, but you came up with this question. Would you rather trade Johnny Gaudreau as the key piece of a trade package in exchange for a first-line offensive talent or the Flames' new number one goalie?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, like... This, this isn't going to happen. You can't trade Johnny Goudreau straight up for a, a new number one goalie or, you know, I'm not even sure what kind of offensive talent you could get one for one for mm-hmm. Um You know, maybe you get your number one goalie in free agency. But anyways, just for the for the fun of the question and imagine, imagining the hypothetical scenario, if Goudreau plus, plus, plus uh, as part of a greater package was to pull a number one goalie into Calgary, that's definitely the route that I would go. Um it's so hard to find a number one goalie as Calgary has obviously proven since Mika Kiprasov left. And, you know, you look at a team like the Flyers, they've struggled for a long, long time until they got Carter Hart. Um, so if that big package where Goodrill was a centerpiece could pull in a number one goalie, you know, I'd much rather go that route than adding more kind of offensive talent where you're kind of moving offensive talent out just to bring in different offensive talent. So I would address that position of need for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that it makes more sense to bring in a goalie rather than just to, like you said, exchange a first liner for a first liner.
1: Right. Now, in terms of the past two teams that have kicked the Flames out of the playoffs, it's Colorado and it's Dallas, both of whom are still alive in the playoffs and they're actually playing each other in the second round. Which of the Flames' two most recent playoff competitors would you rather see in the cup final? Would it be Dallas or Colorado?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think, you know, I want to see Nathan McKinnon win a cup, so I guess I'm going to have to go with Colorado.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Colorado, too, for sure. by Quite a wide margin. I'm kind of just tired of watching Dallas Stars hockey. Like it kind of <laughs> it just brings back too much PTSD from the Game Six collapse. And then there's the Corey Perry factor. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do like watching is you know the couple young defensemen that are so amazing for them on the blue line and, and Miro Heiskanen and John Klingberg. And then Anton Kudobin, like he just makes me laugh. Like just the way he kind of is, the way he looks, like his whole personality. Like you, you could tell Kudobin's a bit of a an oddball, odd funny guy. So, I mean. Like I said, it's the two young defensemen and Kadobin that I like watching about the stars. Everything else can kind of go to hell. So it's it's definitely Colorado for me in this one. Plus McKinnon in the cup final would be amazing.
0: Yeah, I think that would be really cool. And, I mean, like I said on, you know, when we talked about Dallas advancing, I was like, yeah, you know, good luck to Dobie and only Dobie. Yes, (laughs) exactly. He is just so funny and – just so like memeable it's wonderful i love we need it the
1: memes. we need the memes yes. now just this next one is just for you specifically i don't have an answer because i don't have a team in the fight like you do you're the you're the resident Bruin fans here on locked on flames so would you rather have the bruins lose to the lightning in round two or have boston make it all the way to the cup final just the what just to watch them lose to either vegas vancouver colorado or dallas basically would you rather have them lose in round two or lose in the cup final and go through all the pain uh, being so close once
0: again. I don't think I can handle another Stanley Cup loss. <laughs> I really don't. So I guess I would uh rather see them lose to the lightning, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the second round exit because I'm still recovering from game seven last year.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. I think all the Flames fans listening to this, and I knew that would be your answer too. I think mm-hmm. you know all the Calgary fans are like, I would give anything just to make it to round two, let alone losing round two or make it to a cup final, let alone losing the cup final. So.
0: But yeah, now I came up with this last question because, you know, we have talked a lot about goalies and um, you know, what's, you know, who's out there potentially and you know, what's going on with Marc-Andre Fleury and things like that. But would you rather have Braden Holtby or Mark Andre Fleury as the Flames number one goalie?
1: That is a good question. I I, I like that you did not include Robin Leonard on this list because mm-hmm. Leonard's going to be probably just a little bit too expensive, but you know, both Holtby and, and Flurry are going to come at a pretty good price as well themselves. My instinct is to go Holtby on this one, just because he does have a little bit more time, I think, left than than Flurry does. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as we, as we mentioned earlier, like the flames goalie search has been endless. So, right. So, um, would kind of plug the gap a little bit longer, I think, than, than Mark Andre Fleury. I think Fleury might be maybe the more effective goaltender for the next, let's say two years. Um, but just with the longevity factor being kind of important to me, I would, I would probably go with Holtby. How about you?
0: Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely go with Holtby. I think that He's less of a liability and, like you said, has more time left. So, and plus, we don't need any agent drama.
1: I know, that's so weird. Like, in Calgary, Marc Andre Fleury was like the nicest hockey player in the NHL yeah. for the whole past decade. And then one agent tweet later, and it's just kind of like not tarnished his reputation. He's still going to be a Hall of Famer and still like so beloved. But, like, at oh. least for now in the moment, it's like, dude, what the, like, what happened there?
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like, hey, um, you know, I pay you all this money, and you didn't delete this tweet immediately. Could you please do that for my sake? Just I know he ended up deleting it, but it's still just a little. Ugh, I don't like it. Right. <laughs> uh, but still to come this week, we look at the Flames goaltending tandem of David Riddick and Cam Talbot, and try to sort out who are like who should stay and who should go. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you will get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Flyers with Rachel and Danielle as Philadelphia and New York will be busy with back-to-back games starting today.